the wine and slimy palooza. Have some wine and join us on the Winey Palooza podcast with Rebecca Green. Welcome to the Winey Palooza podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Green. I'm a wife, mother of three, and licensed clinical social worker. I also have three fur babies at home, too. My passion has always been to help children and their families. I always dreamed of being a wife and a mother. Parents are always learning through their struggles, failures, and successes and joys. I am no stranger to this wild ride of parenting, and I know behind every great parent lies a team of supportive friends and family. I want to be part of your support system. I want you to know that you are not alone. We are in this parenting world together. Join me every week for insightful discussions with experts on parenting and marriage, as well as other parents who have found the secret to successes in parenthood. You'll learn tips and tricks to make life with your family better than ever. I hope you will follow along with me while we dive into what it takes to achieve a happy family. This is Rebecca Green, and I and this is the Whiny Palooza podcast. And I am so excited today because I have Stephanie Richt Hammer, <laughs> Richt Hammer, here with me today. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I I just love talking to you, and I know this is going to be an awesome conversation. Stephanie is like such a fascinating, wonderful woman. She's a wellness, life, and support coach, certified in health and life coaching. She empowers women to prioritize themselves. Too often, we ignore our own stress or pain to make it all good for those around us. Our wellness is as important as our families. In fact, our well. In fact, without our wellness, we cannot be all the things for them. She specializes in creating an individual and unique path for each client. Together, she creates a realistic and attainable journey to to everyone's goals and dreams that she works with. With proven techniques and tools, her clients have a stronger sense of self-worth, enabling them to attain their wellness dreams. I mean, that sounds amazing to me. Sign me up. (laughs) So let's start. Let's start at the beginning. Let's find out what inspired you to become a wellness life and support coach. So it's a long story and I will make it super short. Essentially, when I was in my early thirties, I felt a little yucky and, um, Fast forward, I was hospitalized for a week because my intestines ruptured. <gasps> and oh my gosh. I was in sepsis and my son was three. And wow. um, it, it, my dad, you know, the weeks following um, me getting home, my dad just kept asking, why didn't you talk to somebody? If you were in pain, why didn't you say something? Oh. And you know, I think that my answer is uh, my husband is a CPA and he was getting his CPA at the time, which meant he had to put in a ton of hours. He worked seven days a week. And most of those days he worked at least 12 hours. I was with my son and who was, we live an hour away from the closest relative. Uh, Who's going to, who's going to step up if I'm not there to do it all. Right. And the realization that that thought process 
almost killed me, literally, uh, made me realize that I am just as important. If I am not here, who does that, right? Who does take care of my son? Who does make dinner? Who, like all the things that wives and moms feel that they are supposed to do. Um, and, and we do, and in, to some degree we want to do, but the reality is we cannot do it all. And so with that in mind, it was me searching for um, support and guidance as to how to figure out how to not have my intestines rupture again. Oh and, my goodness. Um, right. A whole, uh, it was me searching. I, I spent a bunch of years searching for all sorts of support and help and answers. And I thought that I would become a nutritionist. Maybe the answer was to find out, you know, if, if it had all to do with nutrition, maybe I needed to, you know, look into schools with that, but my body is so individual and I want to state, so is everybody else's, but because my body is so individual, what fits the little block that says people, you know, if you're keto, you, you, I think it's high fat, Mm-hmm. low carbs or something. Right. And that works for some people. And if you are, um, I can't even think of all the other diets, but any nutrition program works for an individual, but any one does not work for everybody. Right. And so everything I looked at just rubbed me the wrong way. And while searching for nutritionist programs, I discovered coaching and the program gave me both health and life coaching. And uh, that was my whole new world. And then as I coached a few women, I realized that health coaching is necessary. But if you are not looking at life and all the pieces that go into who you are and why you are who you are, um, and why you make the choices you make, you're actually not going to be able to shift your health to a sustainable long-term way. Well, I mean, that is an amazing answer. Not what I expected at all. I'm so (laughs) glad you're okay. Holy cow. And, you know, not for nothing, but you're not alone. We don't, I mean, we're going to talk about prioritizing ourselves next. And, you know, we were just laughing about the doctor that called during our last (laughs) session with each other. And, I told my friend, I'm making my kids appointments all the time, but I'm not making myself appointment. Why appointments? Why do you think that women don't prioritize themselves? Well, without getting too deep and spending too much time on this, I think it's a societal norm. <laughs> and, no. and that is terrible. But, oh. um, but truth be told, we I don't know about the newer generation. My niece is um, in her 20s, and I think that's a slightly different generation view. But at the same time, society, she lives in New York City, not far from me, right? So society is what we are surrounded by. But when I was growing up, most of my, most of my friends' moms stayed home. Mm-hmm. And that was what you did. And you took care of your family and you did whatever they needed to do. And so that was kind of the, like you show up for the people in your life because that's a woman's job. Mm-hmm. And the, the other side of that is that you are slightly less important because you need to show up for 
other people. And the reality is you are no less important. You are equally as important. Yes. Uh, I was laughing yesterday because my daughters wanted to go in late today. We were just, you and I were just talking about this. And I was like saying to my husband, Seth, why do I try to work? Why do I have, why do I think I can have any appointments that have to do with me that I'm like, I feel like I said to him, I feel like I have to be a mother 24 hours a day. Like there needs to be room for my stuff. And he was like, you're absolutely right. And I can help. And I was like, see, we don't even ask. Like we don't even say, I have this going on. Can you help me? Yeah. Because if you're not saying it, nobody actually knows how you're feeling. And if nobody knows how you're feeling, nobody can do anything to help you. Right. Right. And, And honestly, so much resentment gets formed that way. Resentment towards your spouse, towards your kids. And I, you know, I hate to say it's on you, but it's on you. It is. To say, this is what I need. Yes. And, and we are so in our heads. We are so like, I could have had the whole conversation with myself of, you know, he's not going to help. He has to work. You need help. But instead I had the conversation out loud with him. And I can't tell you that I do that every time, but we need to tell them what we're thinking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, I mean, Nobody can read your mind. They, nope. they need to know what you need. And I mean, my, I used to think that I had to get my son to school every single morning and it was very stressful. And my yes. husband was like, well, I'm going to sit in traffic, whether I leave, you know, 15 minutes later to get him to school or, you know, his, traffic here is ridiculous. He'd have to leave at six to avoid it. So he's not gonna leave at six. So no. might as well help me out. Wow. And until you have that conversation, you know, like you said, you spin the conversation in your head the way you perceive it to be. That's not reality. Mm-mm. No. And a lot of, a lot of our spouses want to help, but they don't necessarily know what we need. Yes. <laughs> right? It's so true. It is so, I mean, think about the number of times people offer to help you in ways that you're like, well, I, that would be cool. But what I really need is, but you don't say what you really need. Yes. Yes. In, in your brain. And if you're not saying it out loud, again, it can't, nothing can be done. Oh, it's such a good lesson. It's a really good lesson for us. You are, we have talked about boundaries before you and I, and I know that you're so good with helping women to make better boundaries. Um, give us some pointers here. Okay. So like you <laughs> just said, you have to say them out loud. Um, and so I'm going to use a boundary that is kind of a bizarre thing, but I'm going to tell you a story. So I joined a gym that the gym, the classes are, um, it's kickboxing gym. So you go when the classes are and the whole gym is just, you go at the time of the classes, you don't just walk in anytime. And so I kind of picked the classes that were going to fit my schedule. And I told myself, I'm going to go three times a week. And then for whatever reason, I kept not going and not going. And then I'm paying for months for this gym that I'm not going to. And well, that's a waste. And so, okay, three times a week, three times a week, I'm going to go. These ones are the ones I'm going to go to. In my head, I'm saying this, I'm writing it in my calendar, right? So my son who uh, is has suffered from social anxiety, he 
started to want to go to this group on Friday evenings. And I was like, oh my goodness, you want to be with other people? Yes, of course. Let's make that happen. Okay. Yay. And what I realized was when he said, hey, mom, can you take me there at four o'clock? My class started at four. And so I wasn't going to the gym. There's a reason for this whole story. Mm-hmm. But I started realizing I was perpetuating my not going to the gym because he wanted something. And do I want my child to be social? Yes. Do I want him to have an outlet outside of our home? Yes. Do I also want to feel like crap because I tell myself I'm going to do something and not show up for myself? Mm. Do I want to keep paying for something that I'm not using? Right. So I finally had a conversation with him. Okay. I am going to go to the gym three times a week. These are the classes I'm going to. One of them happens to fall during your, your group. I can get you there early or I can get you there late but I'm not going to get you there at four o'clock anymore, right? And so my boundary was, I am not going to drive you to this thing. It's for magic, the gathering, it's a card game. But anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna drive you there on, on Friday at four o'clock because it doesn't fit for me. You can ask a friend, I can get you there early, I can get you there late, but this doesn't work for me. And yes. then I'm starting to be frustrated that you wanna go and that's not fair to you either. So the, the boundary itself was simply that I was going to show up for myself, right? I was going to show up for myself and I needed to communicate that. I needed to communicate that in a way that enabled him to understand where I was coming from. I don't want to drive you there. I'm not, we're not, I'm not doing that on Fridays. That's not going to work. Right. Right. And he's like, well, I don't understand mom, but explaining to him why. And so he was in, I think fifth grade when this started. So what are you, 11, 12 at that age? Mm -hmm. Um, He's old enough to understand that this is, that he is not the only person that life happens to. Right. And that, that not everything happens on his schedule and that's okay. But then communicating with him that he has choices. He just has to pick one, right? He can go early, ask a friend, not go or go a little late. And putting that responsibility of that choice on him, I think was okay as well. Yes. But then I was able to go to the gym and I was able to follow through for myself. And I need to show up for myself as much as I need to show up for other people, because I don't want to tell myself I'm not the person that follows through for myself. Right. I love that example. That is a perfect example. And I love that we also want to show our kids that it's important to take care of themselves. And if they don't see us take care of ourselves, then why are they going to do it for themselves? Yes. Yes. Right. And you were doing a good thing for yourself. You were going to the gym. It's not like I was going to the bar, which if that also, I want to say, if you don't have a problem with drinking, but you want to go and meet friends, that's okay too. Like I happen to be doing something that was really important for me, for my health, but if it's a social thing for you and you need that, that is no less important, right? right. This, especially right now, but the right. social aspect of what we all need, that's okay to say you need that too. You just have to communicate it and give options, have them understand. And I think with boundaries, um, the follow through is one of the hardest things to do because it's easy to let it go. It like, all right. I know it's really important to you. And he was struggling at school this week. So I want him to have that social time, right? That 
once you let that go, you teach them that not respecting your boundaries is okay. And you are teaching them how to treat you. Yes. So if you're not holding strong to your boundaries, first you're teaching them it's okay to walk all over you, but also you're teaching them that maybe their boundaries aren't that important either. Yes. Oh, so true. Such a good point. My girlfriend had said that her child asked something of her today and she was like, I have a dentist appointment. Like you have to figure it out. I'm busy. And I love that she can just say no like that. And I know that sounds so easy to certain people, but I would be like, oh my gosh, my child needs something. And I have a dentist appointment. What am I going to do now? Mind you, there are other people who can help our kids, right? It doesn't have to be us, but I just love that she showed me through that example, that it's okay to tell your kid, no, I have something. I can't do that. It's also think of it this way. You're giving your child problem solving skills. If you can't fix it for them and they are always used to you fixing it for them, how do they figure it out on their own? Right. And so that in and of itself is a whole, is a whole thing with parenting, which I'm not a parenting coach. I am not a right. No, you're right. But it just as a mom, you start to recognize little things that you want your children to be able to cope on their own without you. And it's those little things. My, my sister's son used to forget his lunch all the time and he'd (laughs) call her from school. You know, he'd go to the office, mom, I forgot. And it was like the span of two weeks, she dropped off lunches five times. And she was like, she called me. She's like, do I bring him his lunch? You're so much better at this. And I am all, I have always been a like fine line kind of person, but I was like, I don't have a child that's in fifth grade at the time. I don't have a child that's in fifth grade that keeps forgetting his lunch, but I would say no. She's like, well, what's that? How's he going to eat? I'm like, well, maybe he won't today. And then he'll figure out that he won't forget his lunch next time. She's like, oh my goodness, am I really going to do this? It's like, I don't know, but she didn't, she didn't bring him his lunch and it broke a little piece of her, but then he started saying, mom, is my lunch set out? Like he was asking for it because he didn't want to be hungry. Oh my gosh. They're not going to die if they don't eat lunch, right? They might be off that day and that's unfortunate, but on the other side of it, if they know they're going to be off, they figure out how to not be off and you can talk them through that. Right. But, um, that boundary for yourself, I, I can't, I have a dentist appointment and I'm sorry. And you know, normally I would, but this is important for me. Right. We have to take care of ourselves too. 100%, 100%. Oh my gosh. Well, in taking care of ourselves, you work on so many different goals with women. Can you tell yes. us some of the goals that you work on? Um, to be honest, one of, so a, a bizarre one I've worked on with somebody was cooking at home. Mm which is kind of a funny thing, but I um, actually have a program called the circle of life. And we look at different aspects of life as far as spirituality, love, family, joy, uh, career. But I added home cooking because I found that um, cooking at home has to do with how much you're spending. It has to do with what you're actually consuming Um, If somebody is like yo-yo dieting, then cooking at home becomes an importance of a different 
capacity than finances, right? So it was enough of a thing that I was like, all right, this I'm seeing this with women. And it's, again, cooking at home becomes a boundary of your kids ordering or your kids determining what you're eating most of the time yeah. Uh, versus you saying this is what's for dinner or asking your children and creating a meal for one of multiple, which is sometimes not awesome, but, um, but the thing that I coach most on in the last year is fun and joy. Oh my goodness. Yes. That sounds spot on to me that we're not having enough fun and joy in our life. And, and that I, I actually have had two clients that cannot, um, remember what they would do for fun. Like, okay, what would be fun for you? Well, I used to do this, but you can't do that anymore. Well, what, what else would you do? I don't know. Oh, and I mean that we have been so muted in our social interactions and, and so lifted in the anxiety and stress that we can't, you know, see the other side of where we would find that fun and joy it it's a lot to what society is is showing us and i'm not usually a bashing of society person but it just lately it just is high stress high anxiety and so finding the little things in life that can make you smile and be joyful whether it's a book and a podcast or going on a trip yes right? and and you feel so out of balance when it's all work all the time. Yes. We, we need, you know, and, and I do have a girlfriend who has taught me to put pockets of fun into my day. Right. But yep. I, I thought that from the time I woke up till the time I went to bed, I had to work all day. Yeah. Well, again, we were taught that, right? Like yeah. there is a level of, these are the hours that we work. Yes. And well, this is, we have fun on the weekends. Like if you can fit it in with all the other stuff in life, then you do that on the weekend. Yeah. Well, between the house and the kids and the job, and you know, it's a lot to keep up with. Yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> but we can take a time out and have some fun. I like that goal. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you're bringing, you're teaching people about cooking more at home, finding more joy, and you're empowering women. And empowerment is one of my favorite words. So give the women listening a tip to be more empowered. Oh, well, <laughs> I think, I, well, that's a deeper question. My brain goes way deeper. I'm trying You're to like, there's so <laughs> much I could say about this. Right. Um, I think, I think the biggest thing about being empowered is knowing you are worthy. Mm. And um, I mean, put it in this perspective, when my husband was getting life insurance, he got life insurance on me. And at the time I was a stay at home mom. I didn't work. Um, and I said, why do you need life insurance on me? Mm. Like, you're the one that supports our family with the income. And he said, but if something happened to you, 
you do everything else. And so if you can recognize that whether you work or you don't, or you have children or you don't, um, your worth is, is here because you are here and understanding that and being a woman, right? Like the superwoman stance, um, like you are worthy of, of anything and everything. And that is really where empowerment comes in and looking at what does somebody else want and what, what do you want and um, understanding it's the same. It comes at the same level. Yeah. And I, and I would say that the women that I have talked to, especially if they're not working outside of the home, they do not see how valuable they are. I see, I see how valuable they are. I see it. Yes. But I wish that they could see it. Well, and it's, it's really, it's heartbreaking. I mean, that is how, uh, my worth at at the time when I was hospitalized, my worth was so low, um, in my own perception that, um, being in pain and, um, all the things that went on with me in those couple months, um, weren't even worthy of talking about with anybody. Right. And just, just that, I mean, because I'm a stay at home mom and my, my three-year-old needs me there. Well, what's the other side of that? Yeah. Right. That's, that's the other side of that is terrible because the other side is I'm not there. And so I think, especially for stay at home moms, um, I think that self-worth component of being empowered and recognize that, um, what you are doing it only you can do that only you can raise your children the way you are going to want to raise them and you teach them all the bits and pieces of being home and doing the things and and the important things in life is your family if you are choosing to be a stay-at-home mom then you are teaching your children that that is what's important and if that's important then so are you because you have to be there to teach them 100 percent. yes I was laughing yesterday on our walk. Um, we walk our dog every day. And I said to my husband, you didn't know that 15 years later, it would still be all about the kids. Did you? <laughs> Cause 15 years ago, I begged him to stay home with, with our children. And I'm like, I really want, I mean, I loved my job, but I was like, I really want to stay home with them. Well, 15 years later, here I am saying it's still, it's all, it's all about the kids. It is. It's all good. It's, it's, I value it. And I'm happy that I get to be home with them. You know, you have helped so many women reach their goals. And I'm wondering if you have seen keys to success with the women who achieve their goals versus maybe someone who doesn't? Um, I believe you have to want it. Mm. I mean, it, it comes, it's literally as simple as that you can, it's like having the knowledge, right. Reading a book and learning all this stuff, but without wanting it enough to make a change, it's, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. So you think it's, it's wanting it and, and wanting to make it happen. 
Yes. So I, I think there is a point at which somebody realizes that they want change in their life mm-hmm. and they start to search for ways to do it. And I had a client whose family pushed them to work with me mm. and she came to all the meetings. She wrote down, she took great notes. She did all the things. Right. But when I checked in with her, she was like, Oh, I'm going to do that later. Oh, um, I just couldn't get to it. My daughter needed something, but all we were doing was working on her, Mm. but none of it really, she was there to appease somebody else. She wasn't there to actually help herself. If that makes sense. Because they wanted it, that her family wanted it. Right. And everybody else I have worked with has chosen, not that, you know, everybody I work with has these huge, huge, I'm sure they do. They do, but, but everybody I've worked with aside from her has shown up or reached out to me because they recognize they want to change. And I think once you recognize you want that change and you start to search for it, working with me, I'm not going to say we're going to change 13 things today. Right. Right. It's, it's small incremental things. You're going to pick the things you're working on. I'm not going to do that. Right. So it's things that are important to you that you start to shift in the smallest ways possible. And I think once people do start to talk to me about how I work with them, understanding that the shifts are tiny and I'm not going to ask you to just go jump, go jump, do it. Um, I might push you and I might say, you know, you might never have done this before, but I believe you can do it. You've done this and this. So take a small, a small step instead of, you know, the big, huge leap. But I think that's part of what, um, of what makes things so okay so when creating a goal with somebody I'm gonna ask you this I don't know if people have heard of smart goals um the but to make it realistic you have to look at exactly what you want and really understand how you're gonna know you reach your goal right yeah and then to make it attainable you have to look at what you've done in the past and what you're willing to, not even what you're willing to, be ready to step outside your comfort zone, right? So you're going to say, I want to run a marathon. This is a, this is a funny goal, but I want to run a marathon. And then I want to run the marathon next month. And I've never trained before. That is a realistic goal that you want to run a marathon, but attainable to run it next month. Probably not because for you, you you can't train that way if your body's never done that before. Right. But to, to push yourself, I'm going to run every day for the next 10 days just to see how far I can go. Maybe that is a more attainable goal as far as reaching your bigger goal of running a marathon than by next month. And I think pushing yourself a little bit to To see what you've done in the past and what you haven't done in the past and why you haven't done it. Is it because it's uncomfortable? Is it because you have a perceived truth that you will fail and you're afraid of failure? And if that's Mm -hmm. the case, then, you know, let's, let's push past your limiting beliefs and see where we can go from here. Yes. 
we all have limiting beliefs that like to hold us back because they tell us that's not that's not going to be for us in some form and most often you can get past your limiting beliefs if you are held up celebrated have your why you want to do it and surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you and tell you the other side of your limiting belief i love that i don't have time yes you do oh my god i hate that i hate when people say that Me you too. know it's funny we can find time for what we want to find time for don't you think yes we can <laughs> Yes, we can. Well, and what about the woman who says to you, I'm not happy. I know I want change, but I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to change. What about someone who doesn't know what their goals are? Um, so great. Yes. I actually have a program that is all about that. It's called the circle of life. And it's, it is, I, I explained a little bit that I ask questions about the areas of your life that are, um, that make up who you are. Right. And so I ask questions and ask women to kind of, I wish I had it pulled up right now so I could ask you a few, um, but relating to, um, health and wellness, right. That's one of the areas. And so one of the questions I would ask is, are you making doctor's appointments for yourself? <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's, it's most people, when they hear health and wellness, they think, am I exercising? Am I eating healthy? But the reality of health and wellness is so much bigger. Are you mm-hmm. taking time to breathe? Are you taking time for self-care? Are you making doctor's appointments? Are you eating healthy? Right? That's part of it, but it's not, it's not the whole. And so after asking questions, for each area, um, we will, she will rate them. And then we will go back and say, okay, so you rated spirituality, a three and you rated health and wellness, a seven. I'm going to think that we want to look at health, uh, at spirituality as a place where you are feeling low and needing Mm. some nurturing. And so we would go into that area that they feel the lowest. Oh, I love this. Sounds like such a good program. I love it. It's actually, when I was getting my uh, certification to be a coach, it was one session in the, in the whole certification. And I developed my coaching around it because for me, it was so powerful to, to recognize that we are more than moms. Mm. We are more than, you know, a, a wife we are all of these things and so much, you know, we were just talking about children and all the things that go into the brains of, you know, we're taking in all the time. And if you don't stop and consider all the pieces that make up who you are, you you get lost. Yes. It's, it, it's making me think of the word balance. That's, you know, I'm picturing the wheel of balance is what I'm picturing. Yes. Yes. We all want to be balanced in our life. We do. We do. And, and the reality is most of the time we will not be a perfect wheel. Mm -mm. Right. And, and understanding that that is reality and that is okay. Right. Like my marriage, I'm going to say most of the time, my marriage is like an eight or nine 
out of 10, right? Yeah. Like my marriage, I feel very secure and happy in my marriage, but there are times where my parenting, <laughs> I feel is maybe a three, right? So on the other hand, maybe sometimes my health is not great too. So where some things in life feel really strong and amazing, yeah. there's always going to be a little piece, whether it's your fun and joy, which like I mentioned is, is often lately a part that people struggle in mm. or, or maybe it is your marriage, but there will always be a part at which is lower than other pieces. And that's okay because we are growing and so are the people around us. Well, and figuring out what we're like, I like that you gave the example of maybe your spirituality is a three. So that's where you're feeling your attention needs to go to. So I feel like the balance shifts and I have to shift with it with, with what needs more attention. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when you talk about tools to use with self-worth, is that the tool you're talking about or is that a different tool? Um, no, that is definitely one of the tools. I mean, self-worth, it, it, and it 100% depends on the person that comes to me and where they are, because um, simply the tool of understanding that life happens for you, not to you, is um, if you can step back and grasp that. Um, one tool, which actually I got a text from one of my clients this morning, um, it completely made my day her, the tool we have been working on for her is that she does not have control over people around her. She only has control over how she responds to it. That's huge. Outside circumstances. And she, um, decided to go on a trip with her children for spring break and is having a terrible time at the hotel because they're smoking and it's, and she, um, a year ago would have been miserable and angry with her kids and ready to just drive home. And she sent me a text of her journal page and it is, I am not going to allow this to ruin my trip. I am, you know, I recognize I cannot change what's going on with them. I can let them be known about what's, ha- I can let them know what's happening, but I ultimately determine how I feel about this. And that in and of itself is of a self-worth thing. Like you get to pick how you react to things and you don't need to decide that because so-and-so is mad, you have to be mad. Right. Yes. And that is, I mean, that is humongous uh, growth that can happen with simply understanding you get to pick your, your reactions to things. Isn't that funny? I feel like that's the key to so many situations is, (laughs) What is our reaction to the situation? Yes. Right. What is that quote? It's like 10% what happens and 90% how we react. Yes. Isn't that the quote? It's something like that. Yes. And it's true, right? I mean, and you don't really realize how much you allow um, just gut reaction to take over. Yes. You know, your response is so quick so often, but if you can take a step back and recognize You don't have to respond that way. And it takes time. It takes learning and it takes figuring out what is the trigger that made you feel that way. Right. But it's so powerful once you can step back and see that. Yes. I think, I think what I have read is it's like the five second pause. It's like, I think about that in my head, like take the five second pause and think, 
Yes. Take it. Take it. Take the pause. I mean, and we were talking about um, your children and, and temper tantrums earlier. And I think that's the same idea, right? Like as the adult, <laughs> we have to take the pause before we respond to, to them. But it's the same thing in any situation that we are in, whether somebody cuts you off on the road, your child is losing their bologna in the grocery store, right? Like it's, you get to respond and how you respond ultimately changes the circumstance that you're in. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Do you find that there's certain goals that you like working on the best with women? Do you have like your favorite goals? Um, I don't know, because really it's the kind of thing like the text I got today that whatever the goal is, it's really when they start to realize it, that is my favorite part, right? Yes. So if, if the idea is fun and joy and you don't know how to get there and all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I went out with friends and it was amazing. And I forgot how fun it was to just go be with other people. Or maybe it's realizing that you have control over your emotions and you don't need to freak out every time, (laughs) right? Like whatever the thing is, it just, it's so much in ourselves. And I think it's the understanding it's me watching my clients see how much it is in and of themselves. I did not do anything for her in her situation last night. She did all of that. And seeing that she gets to see that, that's my favorite part. That's awesome. That is a big pat on the back to you with the work you're doing with her. It just it makes me so happy. I know. I oh, so rewarding. I love that. You give so much good advice. What do you think the best advice is that you have gotten? Um, in life, in business. So I think, um, right. There's, I know we were talking about that with books too. It's like a book question, right? (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think slowing down Mm -hmm. and uh, we are in a world where things have to be like this, like your phone dings, you have to pick it up. And I think slow down and make choices for yourself, I think is probably one of the best pieces of advice. Um, because we do, we react, Mm -hmm. we are such a reactive species for lack of a better way to say it. And I think the idea of slowing down, whether you're looking internally about your reaction to something or what you're about to choose to do, like I have to make a choice. So I have to do this right now. Well, in most situations, unless it's like life or death right now, People might be annoyed if you say, I'm not sure right now. Can I wait? Can I think on that? Um, but ultimately it, it's your life. So I think slowing down to make choices is, is probably the best advice I've ever gotten. I think slowing down is the best thing that I can say to myself every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have turtles in my car to remind me to just like slow down. <laughs> I have, I love sloths. So I, oh, I put little pictures of sloths, but yeah, same idea. Funny. It's the same idea. Well, and you're teaching women so many coping skills. What do you think your own best coping skill is? What do you do for yourself? 
So I think that I, I'm going to say, I think it depends on the situation. Um, I have a daily gratitude practice that I mm. believe is very grounding for me and it gives me a lot of perspective. And I think without that, um, I mean, I have worked with women who, when I ask them to start a gratitude practice, or if they're willing to start a gratitude practice, they cannot think of one thing they are thankful for in oh, their life, my goodness. which in reality, there is so much, but when you can't see it, you can't appreciate it. And yes. I think that is very grounding for me to be able to see every single day, um, exactly what I have and where I want to go is, is certainly always a component of life. But what I have today, I think is, is probably my, my biggest, but I think, um, understanding that sometimes a coping thing is just being with my family, mm, yes. right? Like simply just being not trying to plan something, not, um, mm. you know, just being yeah, existing. I know and, human beings, not human doings. That's what yes. I tell myself. <laughs> Yes. Well, I love that. I've never heard that before, but that is spectacular. Yes. <laughs> my message to myself. Well, um, I, I'm just being, I think we forget, we forget, like you said, you, you have to work, you have to do this and no, you don't, you get to pick. Yes. And I think just being sometimes is probably uh, for me, a, a coping mechanism. I love it. What else do you want to share that I didn't think to ask you anything else? Um, I don't know if you're a woman and you're listening to this, you are worthy. I mean, I already said oh. that, but I feel like I, that cannot be said enough. And I think, I think that's I love all. it. So tell everyone where to find you. Okay. So I am on Facebook as my name, but my group for my coaching is empowering you with Steph. And I have um, Instagram, but I'm trying to learn it. So, you know, <laughs> I, I understand. I really do. I, um, I'm, I'm one of my coaches is, is like, all right, if you want to learn it, then put yourself in it, which is exactly what I would say to somebody, right? Like step outside your boundaries, your comfort zone and, and try it. So I'm, I'm trying, but you can see me on Instagram, but empowering you with Steph is, um, where I spend a lot of my time on Facebook. And I do have um, stephrichtammer.com is my website. And that's pretty much where I am. Well, I can't thank you enough. We got to spend hours together today and I just have loved every minute of it. Me too, me too. Thank you so much for having me. This was really wonderful. We, we will have to do this again, for sure. Okay. <laughs> this is Rebecca Green reminding everyone to spend every day laughing, learning, and loving. Thank you for tuning in to the Whiny Palooza podcast. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave a review. I love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>